You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Pass is what a catch, Beckham! He's done it again! Wow! Touchdown, Giants! Welcome to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best goddamn podcast for the best goddamn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump. With me is Mike, the Cranky Fan. God damn it! How you doing, Grump? It is finally not hot, and you know what that means. It feels like football season, so I'm excited, finally, to not be sweating while we do this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to get the uh, fire in the fireplace and uh, get the heat going because it's playoff season. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. It's getting ready for week one of the preseason schedule. My bad. Football is football, Mike. Unfortunately, we're only looking forward to week one of the preseason this week on Friday versus the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. But first, some training camp notes. Um, Last week, we said that the most important headlines to come out of training camp, no matter what, is no injuries. And the day we released the episode, what happened? Yeah, on the mush, once again, I was celebrating the fact we had one day of no injuries, and on day two, Sterling Shepard rolls his ankle and everybody freaks out that it's the end of the world and the end of this season but uh reports of his death are premature to uh paraphrase mark twain so yeah i uh went down on an emotional roller coaster because i was at work and i was super busy so when i finally got a chance to look at my phone the first tweet i saw the first couple tweets i saw were that he was carted off the field in tears and then as i scrolled through in in a absolute panic i finally found that following tweets that were you know press conference notes from ben mcadoo saying that it was just a role and not to get you know not to get too excited and as it turns out he is okay um sterling Shepard has practiced since that injury today um he moved fine they're taking him slow he did practice but they they dialed him back a little bit but i feel confident that if there was a game tomorrow he would be playing and starting and it would be just fine if this was week 11, he'd be playing. I think this is because it's, you know, mid-August and we're getting ready for the first preseason game. I think it's it's very prudent to uh, have him sit out. You know, he's not a rookie. You know, again, he's only his second year, but he doesn't need that time on the field. And maybe it's good to get some of these other guys who are fighting for that, you know, fourth and fifth uh, or fifth and sixth roster spot wide receiver. We get a little more reps in the, in the game situation. So it may not be the worst thing for the team. No, not at all. And, and you know, the real dress rehearsal for the regular season is preseason week three, in which the starters generally play into the third quarter. Um, I anticipate him being full go for that game if they decide they want to let him loose. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not worried. But at the time, I I was in full panic mode for, for a brief moment there. Oh, sure. I mean, you go through a whole off season of all the weapons, you know, and all the different formations, you know, will Ingram on the field, does that mean less time for Sterling Shepard? And all of a sudden, something you hear news like that, and you're like, oh, crap, plan B, plan C. And you don't want that happening so fast in preseason, especially not even in a game situation. So, you know, it's a very scary thing. And it could, you know, it could be anybody. It could be Sterling Shepard. It could be your backup left tackle. It could be Eli Manning. You don't hate to see hate seeing injuries just impacting your your team like that. Well, yeah, a team isn't really um, predicated by the roster; it's predicated on the injury report, right? I mean, you could have the greatest team on paper, but if they can't show up to the games, I mean, and there's there's a an endless list of prime examples of 
great athletes that just can't stay on the field, right? Oh, sure. I mean, in, in all the major sports, you know, there's guys that if they were healthy would be Hall of Famers, and if not, you know, now they're just has-beens and never were. So, you know, a team like the Chargers every year gets decimated with injuries, and even the Giants up until last year really were nailed by the injury bug. I mean, how many games do we get into December where – you know, we're down to like a fifth or sixth receiver. You know, offensive linemen were pulling, you know, off the street. So, you know, we stay healthy last year and we make a playoff run. It's true. And this year it's the Baltimore Ravens are really losing everyone left and right. And just recently uh, the Miami Dolphins lost Ryan Tannehill and signed Jay Cutler. <laughs> you know, that's uh, – Jay Cutler played his cards perfectly. Yeah, the Dolphins have a better chance at a wild card than the Jets and – even, maybe the Bills even, too. I mean, that division is so the Patriots, it's not even funny. I, I think Vanderbilt's got a better shot at a wild card than the Jets do. I mean, the Jets, they have a potential for being a two-win uh, team this year. Yeah. They're, they're, that wide receiver is out for the year now. Quincy Inunua? Yeah. Yeah, Quincy Inunua with a neck injury, that's that's scary stuff. That's a legitimate like career and life injury right there. That's yeah. I mean, that's for a team that's got nothing. They're losing, you know, their best wide receiver. I mean, the, the Jets could legitimately be a two-win team this year. Yeah, it's true. And 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 going off of injuries, Sterling Shepard is not the only one on the Giants roster with injuries. Uh, the next day, Tavares King rolled his ankle as well. Uh, they're taking him along slow as well, but he also seems okay. Um, Where do you stand on the Tavares King? Um, you know that that probably last wide receiver spot that we have i thought you know that he showed some signs last year late in the season he had that big touchdown in the green bay game yeah another big touchdown late i I was kind of i was impressed by him um you you know there's a reason he was on the roster last year but uh, there's there's other things to consider with that last wide receiver spot they're really looking for a guy who can play special teams and he really didn't Um, and roger lewis did and right not only did roger lewis do it he did really well Roger Lewis has has the capability to be a special teams ace in the league. If he does nothing on on offense, he could be a legitimate fifty three man special teams guy. Can't count on two hands how many times if he didn't make the the play on the punt downfield, downing it that he was standing there watching Dwayne Harris do it. So he could have been. You know what I'm saying? So you're talking about two potential Pro Bowlers and special special teams with yeah. him and Dwayne Harris. I I legitimately think that. Um, Maybe not for this team, for, for Roger Lewis, but he will land on a team and play at least special teams and be very good at it. Well, let's see what happens with the injuries. You know, if Tavares um, King is out for an extended amount of time, that might be the door for Roger Lewis to stay on the team then. Yeah, and I think I think it's too early to say right now what I think. You know, everything I'm going to say, I, I'm going to base off of what I saw last year. So I can only go off of what I read. There are other injuries too. Um and this is a big one that not a lot of beat writers are writing about, but uh, Keenan Robinson is in the concussion protocol. That's not a good sign. I think I think Keenan Robinson I, suffered his concussion in the same practice that Tavares King rolled his ankle. I could be wrong about that, but but it's never good when you have a concussion issue in training camp. You know, that's. I mean, I know it's live hitting and a couple of practice and stuff, but it's not it's not a game. You know. Did both of these injuries happen on the Saturday practice? Because I think that was the one when they went heavy pads for a long period of time. I think it actually happened on the Friday one where it was – The I little walkthrough? No, the no, easy no, walkthrough? Sorry, sorry. Maybe Thursday. Okay. Thursday was the padded practice and then Saturday was the long heavy padded practice where they went right. for like something like two and a half hours or something like that. 
I think McAdoo said that was going to be the, the toughest practice of camp, I think, was that one. So, Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, but, I mean, that's that's a pretty big hit. Uh, Keenan Robinson was pretty spectacular uh, last year in coverage. Uh, he's, he's probably the best cover linebacker on the on the roster. Well, I mean, it happened early enough, too, in camp where if it's, you know, if they go slowly along with him, you know, he should be ready in four weeks for the opener. So especially with all the news going on, the NFL and, you know, all the overprotection for it. it I have no problem with these guys going through the, the protocol they have to, and, you know, on the side of uh, caution. So oh, Lord, I'm fine with it. Um, yeah. Other injury notes, not much to report. Sean Drone and uh, JT Thomas still on the PUP list. Not a whole lot else to note for injuries, which is good news. Good news indeed. Good news. Let's see how we get through the first uh, the Pittsburgh game and see how that injury list builds. You know that first game when you really it's you know it's not as controlled as controlled practices are early on. And it's a lot longer stretch of time. You know we said that Saturday practice was a long one at two and a half hours. Now we're playing a three hour game. And granted, everybody's not playing eighty ninety snaps, but still you're at full speed. You know everything in practice is never at you know full full speed, and the game is at full speed. So. Hopefully, get through this with no issues. Yeah, and you've, you're dealing with all sorts of things, right? You got guys who are clawing for a roster spot on the other side of the ball that are just waiting to tear somebody open. Um, then, and, and people are just rusty. Mental mistakes. You get a free rusher hits a quarterback. Anything can happen in these things. It's, and then you get late in the game too. It starts getting sloppy when you start getting third on third teams, and yeah. you know it gets a little. A little gross to watch, and that's where injuries can sometimes happen. One of the things that I don't think a lot of people realize is, you know, as we're talking about this third-team sloppiness that lead to injuries, the year that Victor Cruz impressed in preseason was, I believe, 2010, and then he didn't play that year, and then 2011 was his big breakout year. Is that right? That's right. He had the, he had the huge game against the Jets, and he get yeah. like the three touchdowns, and he got hurt later, was out the whole year. Yeah. The point I'm making is that game against the Jets, if you rewatch it, the backup quarterback that I think we signed that year, I think, oh man, I can't think of his name. I believe he had previously been Peyton Manning's backup quarterback. Yeah, the guy from the guy from Indy. Um, yeah. I want to say his name was Jim something. I could be wrong. Either way, he when he threw a touchdown pass to Victor Cruz, there was a free rusher and he knocked him out for the year. What's the weather look like? Uh, so Friday it looks like there's going to be a little bit of rain. Um, that'll definitely factor into it. Sure. That might factor in how long the starters are, and it might factor in you know what they're trying to do. Yeah. You may not see as robust as a passing game as you might have you know, saw the first you know initial thought. You'll definitely see some sloppy shit too. The, the wet ball, fumbles. Just you want in a meaningless game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's, you know, it's meaningless for the team, and it's meaningless for you and me, but it's not meaningless for – the guys clawing to a roster spot. They will do anything to make the coaches notice, you know? And also for the coaching staff too. Yeah, they don't yeah. find it meaningless. Yeah, exactly. The injuries will probably stack up. But enough bad news. We can go and move on to some really, really good news. So we'll talk about some practice standouts. One of the ones that I see over and over again, and we talked about this last week also, is Eli Apple is continuing to look fantastic from every beat writer I read. And remember – He's going up against, you know, the strength of the team, which is wide receiver too. It's not like he's going up against a bunch of scrubs. Yeah. He's going up against the Beckhams and he's going up against the Brandon Marshall. So to have these impress impressive reports every week or every day based on who he's competing against makes you more and more excited. Yeah. 
and he was the guy that I really was hoping would take the leap because we were impressed with him starting right away last year, but he did have his flubs. You know, he had that tendency to grab. I haven't seen a lot of that so far this off season in every every any video that I've seen, but I did see it actually a little bit today where he got burned pretty bad by Brandon Marshall. Uh, and his first instinct when he lost his footing was to grab onto him. But I mean, that's a I I can point that out as being like an Eli Apple problem. But that's every corner's thing, right? Is that also that also can save a touchdown too if yeah, you get exactly. burnt pretty badly. So you know, grab the guy and you know take our chances as opposed to them just running free and being a touchdown. And and Brandon Marshall, by the way, on that catch had an incredible catch where he sort of reached out with one arm and. Uh, slowed the ball down enough so he could juggle it and uh, score a touchdown. I mean, I, I this is something probably, you know, more advanced stats or something, but when you have a matchup between a number one receiver and a number one corner, you know, if they 50 times are against each other, who's going to win that battle more often than not? Probably the receiver, right? Uh, yeah, I, I Look, I, I would love to answer this question for you, but I have to be an asshole here and tell you it's it's not that simple. That football is too much of a team sport, and there's too many other factors involved. You know, even if it's one on one, cover zero. What about the quarterback? What about everything else? There's a zillion other things. You know, what about the offensive line giving the quarterback time? Because with enough time, any receiver is going to win in a street ball situation. So that, that's kind of my yeah. That's kind of my point. Is like the the factors seem to lean towards a receiver winning a battle with a corner. So when we see something like oh. You know, Apple got burnt by Brandon Marshall. It's not necessarily, you no, it's know, it's going to happen anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, this this defense is not typically going to put somebody in a cover zero situation, so yeah, I'm not, the, I'm not the, really worried about that. And the one thing I always take with a grain of salt when I read practice, um, you know, overviews and stuff, and you know, recaps is you always see like, oh, Eli threw a pick today in practice. It's like, yeah, well, they also threw how many reps? Yeah. You know, how many times did this happen? How many times, you know, was it speedball drills with all these different things? So I, I think they kind of jump on things like, oh, we threw a pick or, you know, this guy dropped one pass and they, people freak out. It's like, remember, these are drills. These are practice things. These aren't tendencies. These aren't, you know, trends. So let's not get crazy. Yeah. I think it would be with a grain of salt. I mean, they're looking for anybody who's going to jump off the page. Um, another guy who jumped off the page, apparently, I, I keep reading, is uh, backup cornerback Michael Hunter, who I'm reading more and more is is holding on to that fourth corner role. Um, I'm I I'm impressed. I I don't know anything about Michael Hunter, uh, but I do know. I mean, and we've talked about this ad nauseum too. But the the cornerback depth is incredibly important on this team. So if he can show me what I want to see, that's that's good. And one of the things I read from. Um, Big Blue Interactive is that this guy could be a starting corner on some teams, so that's that's great to hear. It's the one thing we were afraid about the most in this off season was depth in, in at corner and in the secondary overall. So if he can step up and get be a, a key part of that rotation and not, you know, if a DRC gets hurt or has to sit out for a series or two, and all of a sudden guys are getting picked on and being successful being picked on, you know, that may see save a game or it could save the season for us. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and we saw it, you know, picture perfect in the Green Bay game where that was going to be a dog fight anyway. Just kind of became a, you know, dog and pony show. Mm-hmm. So other guys that have uh, jumped out. This is a guy I really want to talk about because we were talking about the wide receiver spot, the last wide receiver spot. There's a guy named Darius Powell who was a practice squad uh, wide receiver last year. He's 6'3", 
um, and he has apparently caught everything his way. He's caught over 20 catches uh, in training camp so far. Um, I'm really interested to see what this guy does on the field, being that he's 6'3", too, because, you know, Brandon Marshall, he's a little up there in age. He might get dinged up. He might miss a game, you know, something like that. So having a guy with size presence to kind of free up Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard, if only that, is is important. And if he can be a legitimate guy who's going to catch balls is obviously important as well. Yeah, we, we have a lot of receivers last year all like the same size and same skill set. Yeah. We didn't have that big receiver that, you know, Makes such a big difference in the red zone. Makes a big difference, you know, you know, beating out corners like on jump balls and stuff. We, you know, we have all these little Smurfs. Kind of, it's nice to have a big guy like that. So we get another one into the mix. You know, again, it it, it makes that depth, that rotation, even deeper and stronger. So, yeah, um, another guy that's been impressing and that's impressed me based on what I've seen is um, B.J. Goodson our linebacker from Clemson that we drafted last year. And he was incredibly excited to start hitting in padded practices, and he did not disappoint. Um, A couple of little scrums were started because he was throwing guys to the ground. I like that. He's chippy. Yeah. Yeah, he's chippy. You want to see your your leader on your defense being a little chippy, so it's good. Let let him uh, take his aggressions out because wait till he sees guys with other uniforms. He's really going to be pissed off. Oh, yeah. This this defense – is uh, this is a bunch of monsters that we got on defense, right? I I love this defense. You know, just based on talent alone, this this is a defense of monsters, and uh, I like the guy in the middle to be the one egging them on, getting them riled mm-hmm. up. Um, so I'm happy to see BJ Goodson hitting people, especially since he, of all the injuries in training camp, he was not the start of any of that. Right, right. So I'm um, fine with him. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Here's an interesting one. I read today. I believe it was Big Blue Interactive that thinks that Geno Smith is edging out Josh Johnson for the number two quarterback spot. What do you think of that? <laughs> I mean, if there's an ultimate placeholder role on this team, it's a, it's the the legitimate backup quarterback position. I mean, it's really going to be a one-year role. And I always go with my theory, and I've said this a hundred times, if he lies out for any amount of time, the season's over. So... Uh, it's interesting just from a a storyline for preseason, but again, if we have to use Josh Johnson or Geno for any amount of time, this season's over. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, you know, it's, it's very interesting that ever since he's really joined the team and he's gone through training camp, you don't hear his name that often at all. You know, there's a lightning rod type of guy, one of those guys people would call the fan up all the time wanting his head and stuff, and, you know, you got to get rid of him, blah, blah, blah. He joins the Giants, and you kind of forget about him a little bit. You know, he's kind of going under the radar, and which is good for him, I think. You know, sometimes guys need a, a, a new start somewhere, and maybe he can – you know, he's in, a, he's in a tough spot because he knows, you know, we just drafted Davis Webb. He's not in the long-term plan for this team. Um, but maybe he shows something. He puts some tape out there that, you know, even if Josh Johnson beats him out, he could, you know, sign on somewhere else as a backup with a chance to start down the road. Yeah, you know, maybe the thing he just needed was some pressure off of him. Yeah. And like I said, this is the ultimate no pressure position for him because he's not the heir apparent. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not expected to come in and play right away at all. You know, everybody assumes Eli is like Lou Gehrig, who just plays every game, plays every snap. So, you know, he, he gets his reps in, he gets, like I said, gets his film. And, you know, if he doesn't stick with the Giants, 
you know, does has a good showing, he might get picked up somewhere with a, a legitimate chance to play. I mean, we've seen enough crappy quarterbacks in the league. Why couldn't he start somewhere? Sure. Uh, overall, from what I've gathered from training camp uh, through James Cratch and Dan Duggan and uh, Jordan Raynon and BBI, is uh, that the defense is continuing to look really, really good. Um, if not just as good as last year, then better. Uh, well, 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 they sh- well they should. I mean, they have ten starters back from last year. Uh, you know, another year in the Spagnuolo system. I mean, this team should be better. I mean, again, we were relatively injury free last year. You know, we had some. You know, in the Green Bay game, you know, the secondary got some injuries and stuff. But you know, if this team can stay healthy, big if. You know, this should be a better defense than last year. Eli Apple be more comfortable. There's no reason why this team – this can't be a, a, a top three to top five defense this year. So I am excited for a couple of players. Um, I want to know your thoughts as well. On defense, who are you excited to see on Friday? Well, I want to see Eli Apple. I mean I want to see what all the hype is to see that jump from uh, you know, from year one to year two. That That's the big one for me. I want to see the battle for a defensive tackle to see what these guys do. Um you know, it's tough to tell. Again, how many how many reps you're going to see these guys play? You're going to see two, three series, and guys move on. You know, I think as we get more into preseason, I'll get more and more into watching individual players. Yeah, and Steve Spagnuolo, when come uh, come the regular season, is going to run a very um, game plan defense. You know, so we'll we'll see. You know, a lot of nickel one game, and then a lot of run linebackers the next game. So. When it comes to the preseason, he's not going to do any of that. So you might see some guys who, to our eyes, look you know like they're getting tossed around, but they might be doing the fundamental stuff that he wants to see, you know, the improvement that he wants to see. You know, maybe we'll see a lot of Robert Thomas, who's not going to flash into the backfield a lot, but he might be stonewalling two or three offensive linemen, and that's all that Steve Spagnuolo needs to see. You know what I'm saying? Or like Jay Bromley yeah. might get tossed around in the run game, but then he might knife through into the backfield and uh, you know make something happen. Right, right. I, I want to see how the run. I want to see the run defense and the, and the defensive line how it does. I mean, that's going to be the most important thing. We discussed this a lot last year. You know, we saw a lot of second and nines and third and nines last year from this giant defense, and that's something we need to see again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I also am looking forward to seeing what all the hype is about for Eli Apple. I, I'm a little cautious about it because the last time I was hyped about a corner making a a big leap was Terrell Thomas and in the preseason tour his ACL and it was lights out for his career from that moment on. But, you know, I'd, I'd like to see uh, his improvement. I want to see how much he gets his hands on receivers. I want to see him beat guys to the ball. Um, yeah, but we're we're seeing a guy though, like unlike Terrell Thomas, you're seeing a guy making a leap from a first-round pick to a – you know, potential Pro Bowl type guy. You know, he has all the skill set, he has all the talent, and you know, he really came on last year. If he's making this big leap, you might seeing you know, Landon you know, Collins. You're essentially talking ex- about Landon Collins, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And if you have two young guys like that who could be potential Pro Bowlers, you know, not only being young but also, you know, on their rookie contracts. Yeah. For and then under team control for a couple more years, that's huge. Oh yeah. Um, the other guy I want to see is we already talked about him, BJ Goodson. I want to see it. Guy didn't play much defense at all last year. He was mostly special teams. Um, he's pretty much been handed the middle linebacker spot, with which is his to lose. I want to see him win it. Yeah, 
and let, let let's let's see that ferocity that he had in you know in getting into scrums and stuff. Let's see that on the field against an opponent. Let's see him take control of the defense. Let's see him be the leader out there. So yeah, you know, if he can grow into it, the job's his. Sure, and it's, it is a nice supporting uh, supporting cast, you know, in front of him and behind him, where he could really thrive. Yeah, and also that will cover for an occasional mistake as he gets his feet wet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, what about offense for you? Well, you know the obvious ones. You want to see what uh, you know Eric Flowers does on the on the left side to see if he's you know still has a terrible technique or he's actually learning. You know uh, Evan Ingram. Obviously, I want to see. I want to see you know how he lines up. I want to see the different ways they do line him up. I want to see if he does cause mismatches. I want to see if he can, you know. If he's just like a chip blocker, or someone who's actually can holding some blocks, um, you know, he's the big one in, in, my, in my mind. What I want to see. Um, I'm I'm going to agree with you on Eric Flowers. Obviously, I want to, I, but it's not just Eric Flowers. I want to watch him and Bobby Hart. I want to watch the tackles in general. Uh, see what we're looking forward to for the rest of the year. I'm not that excited to see Evan Ingram, and I think the reason why is because I think <laughs> uh, I'll tell you why. I think they already know he's going to create mismatches, and they don't want to reveal a single thing in preseason. That's what I think. I think you'll well, see I, some very pedestrian stuff from uh, Evan Ingram in the preseason. Yeah, I just want to see him out there and just see what he looks like and just see him kind of running around out there. It's kind of, you know, yeah. you're right. They're not going to do anything exotic, obviously, in the first playoff, in the first uh, preseason game. But, you know. But I think I think you're going to be a little bit disappointed. I think he's going to do a lot of blocking. Uh, I think. Oh, oh, believe me, I, I'm not someone after a game who's like, oh my god, he looked awful doing this and awful doing that. I, I re- this is, you know, his it's his first professional game. I get all that stuff, so um, I, I just want to see how he looks out there. To me, uh, I want to see Gallman how he looks, running back. Yeah, you know that's, uh, you know, uh, the reports I've been reading, and you know, it sounds like he's really making the leap, even from. You know, off-season OTAs and stuff to this point. So, um, it's not that difficult to make the leap that he could be, you know, very, very heavy into the rotation this year for running backs. And he may even be, you know, he could even supplant Paul Perkins as a starter at some point. I mean, it could be. It depends on the game. On the game plan. Yeah. And... Paul Paul Perkins is not a Pro Bowling returning starting uh, running back. You know, he was a six-round pick and. You know, kind of almost by default became the starting running back through the the crap we had before. That's true. I, so me personally, I'm excited to see Rhett Ellison. I want to see what this guy brings to the table. Um, everything I've read has been that he looks a little twitchier in and out of breaks than people anticipated. He moves really well for his size. He's the you know the best blocking tight end we have, which we've discussed. You know, I you know, I'm looking at the tackles, but you know what we lacked last year was a uh, a tight end that could do any sort of help in the run game or, you know, even oh, yeah. assist, even even just a chip block that would help out Eric Flowers or Bobby Hart for just one second to get them squared up and complete the block. None of that last year. So his, it, his presence will, I think, change a lot more than just, you know, being the Will Ty guy out of the backfield for the three or four yard gain. You know, I think I think he actually will win more one-on-ones that he's in with linebackers or corners or whatever, but I think he's also going to help the running game a lot. A lot of those garbage, garbage, garbage runs that are one yard, no yards, negative one yard, I think we'll start seeing two and three yard gains, uh, you know, and hopefully from that we can move on to four and five yard gains with the rest of the big boys. I mean, we basically played the whole season without a fullback and without a tight end last year who could block. Yeah. And, you know, that really, you know, that changed everything, I think, for the offense as well. 
Um, it's it's really interesting to see we have two tight ends this year who have completely different skill sets and are gonna, you know, but are very versatile in what they can potentially do. So and bringing them both in at the same time, so it'll, be, it'll be really interesting to see how these two guys are gonna, you know, change the dynamic of the offense from a blocking standpoint and from a, you know, receiving standpoint. Yeah, I, and additionally, I'm excited to see what. Uh, well, I mildly excited to see what uh, Aldrich Rosas brings as a kicker. Uh, kickoffs and field goals and extra points. I want to see what he does under his first little bit of pressure. Um, I want to see the leg. I want to see what he does. I want to see a guy who consistently boots the ball at the back of the end zone for for touchbacks. That's the first thing. Um, I, I want to see him test the guy. You know, if it's fourth and three from the you know, or fourth and one somewhere on the thirty-five yard line, maybe try him out and see if he can he can hit those those kicks under pressure. Um, it's gonna be a it's a big difference when you're even in preseason games, regular season, and we have the confidence he's gonna be the starting uh, kicker. So well, let's get him out there and see what he can do. We have a legit legitimate kicker battle now with Mike Nugent on the roster. So I mean, I'm maintaining that Nugent was brought in just to push him during training camp, but I, I really don't think they're gonna. Uh, I, I think it's his job to lose. Well, you and I think that, but he's mm-hmm. the one with the job on the line, so I'm sure he's not just assuming that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the coaches. I think that's re- legitimately. I because I, I don't think Nugent's good enough to be to replace him. But I think he's the the backup plan in case he just you know shifts the bed. I don't think that's you know obviously what they're hoping for. But you know I I think his job is just to push him enough to uh, you know keep him hungry and not make him complacent. Yeah. Uh, the only other question I have for you and what you think is should Eli Manning play on Friday at all? I feel like we have this debate every single year. <laughs> uh, my answer is as little as possible. But yes. Yes, he should definitely, you know, you want to, I don't think it's a question of, like I think they were saying last year because he didn't play that much. He was rusty. I don't buy that. You go through all the drills during, you know, Monday through Friday. Um, but I, I think it's good to get a, like at least a, a series or two in with the starters so he can build a little bit of a, you know, uh, a chemistry in game conditions. Uh, I wouldn't have been there for a quarter or a half. The guy's been in the league for 15 years. He doesn't need that uh, experience and practice, but I think it's good to get your feet wet. Yeah, I got into an argument with my father about this. Um, my my father thinks no team should play any starting quarterback, and he cites Tom Brady as a source. His citation was that you know one one play can end a quarterback's career whatever um i don't care yeah but, yeah but the numbers of that happening in the preseason are so you know not that many examples that actually happening it doesn't matter it's horseshit okay so yeah offense and defense <laughs> doesn't matter in in football things are i imagine like a machine with cogs and wheels you know what i mean like just a cartoonish looking machine where every cog has a place and one broken little piece wrecks everything it wrecks everything mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. And I don't buy that Eli was rusty last year or anything like that. But, you know, his presence affects everybody else on that team. So if there's a single person on that offense that's new to that offense or, you know, could stand to get better, he needs to be out there. The whole offense needs to be out there, in my opinion. A starting offense, unless there is some sort of injury, obviously. Sterling Shepard, you can make, you know, you can make the argument, you know, he shouldn't be out there for, you know, the first preseason game. But... 
you know, it's important that they get these game reps in. It's important that they get these game situations in. I'm not worried about Eli Manning get, getting the game experience, you know? Yeah. I, I want I want Evan Ingram to get the experience of re- receiving passes from Eli Manning in exactly. a game. Exactly. And, and not only that, getting the calls, getting the audibles from Eli Manning. This is important mm-hmm. stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and even to that extent, I know I just said this, but you know Sterling Shepard at some point should play in a preseason game because remember, as great as he was last year, and as much as we're counting on him, this is still only his second year. He's not some five-year vet or anything like that. Brandon Marshall, his first year in this system with this quarterback, he needs Eli Manning to be out there. I'm not worried about Brandon Marshall being able to run routes and catch passes. I'm worried about right. him being on the same page. I don't want him right. running a hook instead of a curl and then getting a pick six in a regular season I, game. I'd rather see that, you know, Friday where Brandon Marshall yeah, runs the wrong. I, I don't. I don't think Eli was rusty last year because of the lack of playing time. I just think he's on the decline in his career. Yeah. I just and that's the thing is that's that's the. The gamble that Giants are taking the next couple of years that he can maintain, you know, a, a a level of efficiency and not being a turnover machine and just falling off a cliff. That you know they have to really reevaluate the teams to be doing going forward. Um, I hope he's has one or two more years where he's, you know, acceptable as a starting quarterback. Because I am, I am very nervous about Eli. I am not going to, uh, you know, hide my feelings about that this year. That. I feel the end is close with him. I agree. With nothing, you. nothing really told me last year that you know this is still the same Eli from 2007, and you know there's a better chance he could be one of the you know in the lower third of quarterbacks than being in the upper third of quarterbacks this year, even with all the the weapons he now has and and hopefully a better offensive line. Yeah, uh, you know, let's hope. I mean, that's all you can do because if he, no matter no matter where he is, he's the best chance. No matter what, oh, that's obvious. That's obvious. But I mean, that's no. what I'm saying. It, it, it's at the point now where if he's at the in the bottom three of the league, then this team is doomed. Period. End of story. Yeah, th- this guy cannot be 2015 Peyton Manning with the Broncos. No, this team this team will be awful. Yeah, it's true. There's not enough of a run game to to cover that up. The defense is not that good that the, it can rest on them. Like, we don't have a Von Miller that's gonna. Yeah blow up 20 sacks this season yeah this, this is not a you know an elite elite it's a very good defense it's not an elite defense yeah this isn't the 85 bears no 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 so well that's it i mean uh friday the giants will be hosting the pittsburgh steelers it will be at home um i will not be in attendance will you i'll tell you what the first person who tweets at just giants pod we will give a pair of tickets to for the game how about that? See if, how, let's see if anybody's actually listening to this show yeah how close are those seats are they worth it well let's just say close enough that you can catch a errant eli pass in the <laughs> back of the end zone um that game is at seven o'clock so you heard it here first free tickets to whoever tweets at us sorry family and friends don't count so sorry family dad friends no friends here. This is the no friend zone. <laughs> this is no, yeah. The NFL, not friends for long if yeah. you keep that up. <laughs> oh, my God. That is going to do it for us. Um, get some free tickets if you tweet at, at Just Giants Pod, or you can listen to me grump instead at, at football underscore grump. And you could kiss my ass for getting those tickets at The Cranky Fan. Um, the show is Just Giants Pod. 
You can just catch my companion show, Mark and the Cranky Fan, where we talk all things Florida Gator football at Mark and Cranky Fan. Uh, we're getting very close to our regular season schedule. We'll have shows on you know, either Mondays or Tuesdays and on Fridays. But for now, during the, re- the preseason, we'll keep doing um, Monday shows to, to recap the previous game. So. Yeah, so uh, well, next time you hear us, we'll have a full recap on uh, you know the standouts from the game, an injury report, and uh, you know what to look forward to for the next preseason game uh, at Cleveland. A barn burner, Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> How exciting! <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for us. Until next time, go Giants! Go Giants!